Calm down, Squatchy. I know you got a picture of Loch Ness and you dropped it into the actual lock, but you need to calm down. Try to get another one, and this time when you get one, use my post glow. That way you can save it and it'll be with you forever. That's right, folks. My post glow wants to recognize and celebrate your big milestones, whether it's the birth of a child, a marriage, a new family pet, a kid going to college, or even finding a cryptid and documenting it so that the world knows it exists finally, like we all hope to do. And they'll even take the facts from your event and they'll write a custom story. Like my boy Squatchy here wants to have a story written by him finding Loch Ness Monster. Now imagine that, Bigfoot finding the Loch Ness Monster. And after he writes the story, well, I'll write it for him, of course, but after he writes the story, all you can do is add your photos to a custom layout. Visit their website, mypostglow.com, to see how they could take your memory and make it into a beautiful piece of art. A great option also is a gift for someone or for yourself just to celebrate a big moment. Ain't that right, Squatchy? <laughs> yeah, you go back and you try to get another picture of the Loch Ness Monster. Come on now. Visit mypostglow.com and let them write your story. That's M-Y-P-O-S-T-G-L-O-W.com and let them write your story. Find the link in the description of this episode as well. Welcome to Paranormal the New Normal. On this week's episode, I have Nina Roberts, a medium, spiritual tutor, and author. And I am excited to hear what she has to tell us about her 40 years of being in the supernatural world, which 40 years, you don't hear that that, that, that often. I know I haven't anybody in the show that's been doing it that long, so I am honored. Nina, how are you doing today? Hi, Jeremy. It's great to be here. As you can tell from my accent, I'm from England. And for time difference, it's quarter past 11 at night here. Yeah, thankfully you said you're a night owl regardless. So I am a night owl. Otherwise, I would have had to have you on way earlier in the day for my time zone, which I've done before, but always results in me getting off work super early. So (laughs) never mind. So my medium, say mediumship, mediumship to me is an umbrella cover that says we talk with dead people that aren't dead. They've just got no body. Now, my spiritual journey, if you like, it started at a very, very young age in that I used to see things and hear things and say things that got me in trouble when I was like four or five years old (laughs) because I'd know things I couldn't know. So that was quite amusing. I'm sure. Uh, When I was 13, my mum's piano started playing on its own. And at the time, we had a Jack Russell dog that was, you you open the door and that dog ran. She had no road sense. Well, this piano played and it was quite freaky because it started off like tinkle, tinkle, tinkle on the piano. We had two rooms. So I was in one room, piano was in the other. And I heard it and I thought, oh, it's next door neighbour's piano walls and then it carried on a bit more and went dinkle 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 a bit louder now the dog's hackles are going up i'm on the house on my own 13 years old i open the door and, then, and it stops the piano lids down and i'm thinking there's got to be a mouse or something in the piano walking on the keys i sit down again again it's going tinkle 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 even louder 
So the dog's going really freaking out now, which is freaking me out. I open the door and it stops. And I'm sitting there, 13 years old, trying to get a logical reason for this piano. Then it goes again on the hard keys. Bang, bang, bang. I open the door. It didn't stop. So I picked the dog up and threw it in the room. And the dog ran out. <laughs> so I grabbed the dog's sleeve, grabbed my shoes, and me and the dog ran out of the house. Okay. Now, the dog wouldn't leave my side. And normally, if you open that door, that dog was gone. She wouldn't leave my side. I knew my mum was at the local shop. So I walked around to meet my mum. And I told her what happened. And she believed me because what I didn't know at the time, my mum had an aunt and my mum's cousin. The aunt at the time, she must have been in the 70s, she was a medium. And her daughter, my mum's cousin, was a healer. My aunt had told my mum from when I was born that I would be a medium and I was here to work with spirit. I knew nothing of this. I was 13. So all these weird, wonderful things that happened over the years, um, such as I'd go to bed with my door locked and bolted and I'd get up in the morning and be tidy and the light would be off. I think I wish Spirit would still do that now because nobody could have got in the room. 101 little things when I was younger, but I paid no attention because I didn't know they were different. So after that incident with the piano, and I found out my aunt was a medium and her daughter was a healer, um, my aunt said to Spirit to leave me alone till I was 16. Um, but also at that time, weirdly, I got a fascination with serial killers, of all things. But it wasn't about the gory side. It was the psychology of mm -hmm. how a human being could do that to other human beings. I've always been interested in psychology of human nature and animals, things like that. It's always fascinated me. So I read a lot about serial killers, which absolutely freaked my mum and dad out. So my 16th birthday comes around, and I am showed no interest in spiritual stuff whatsoever, and I got given two packs of tarot cards. Um, also, because I was a very rebellious young lady, so I was down at the local pub, in England and I took my tarot cards down and I used to do readings for a pint <laughs> that's awesome which was brilliant because then I was 16 and legal age in England you can't drink till you're 18 but I have to say on my 18th birthday the landlord bought me a beer for being legal <laughs> but we had lost that over here anyway so as we carry on um from 16 things really started to take off but life experiences which I won't go into because they're very personal um, but the two major things happened at that time is my dad died a week after my 18th birthday, which was also two days after Christmas Day. And then on my 21st birthday, my fiance had proposed to me a week earlier, died in a motorbike accident. So those are two really major traumatic life events. And both of those events made me go, what's out there? What's going on? So my two aunts, I'd got a lot more involved with them. Um, the elder one was very silently guiding me. She died when I was about 19, but she left me her jewellery, which was all crystals, which at the time I knew nothing about. And then my other aunt, who was the healer, um, 
she carried on guiding me and got me to go to what we've got spiritualist churches over here and said you need to learn about this you can't just play at it so it was very very interesting for those who know anything about healing in england um going back to when my aunt would have been young it was illegal to be a medium in england we were covered by the witchcraft act yep. and during world war ii when my aunt was a medium um you had to do it in private and secret it was very very dangerous back then and there was a gentleman here i've heard of harry edwards who started off um, spiritual healing in the UK. And my aunt was friends of his, and they used to go to seances at his house. And my aunt, the daughter who was the healer, she got taught healing by him, and she was an amazing healer, absolutely amazing. So that was the background I'd come from. Luckily, I've also come from a family who were very open-minded. Um, though there was C of E, they came from what was Ceylon, now known as Sri Lanka, but they left when it was Ceylon. So you had the Buddhist upbringings, the Catholics, the Christians, and everything in between. And I was brought up with a family that's very open-minded, which was a good thing, considering. Um, the other joke I think Spirit played on me, they sent me to a Catholic school, which isn't good for an emerging medium. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that, that couldn't have been a fun experience. <laughs> it was an interesting experience. Um Luckily, I was brought to a very tolerant family, so they weren't too bothered with my weird and wonderful ways. So as I continued on my journey doing these readings, I ended up on my own with three children, bringing them on my own. I was about 27. So rather than doing the readings for fun, my friend said, why don't you do readings and charge a bit of money? And I never advertised. It all went by word of mouth. So I continued on. Now, in the town where I was living at the time, a few spiritual churches centres, one was a church, but what started, and you're going about 30 years in this country, which is a very different setup to it now, to what it is yeah. now. Back then with the Spiritualist National Union, the SNU, who controlled spiritualism in England at the time, you weren't allowed to mention abortion on platform. You couldn't mention suicide. You couldn't mention divorce. You could mention all these things. So how can you give a message from spirit when you're limited on what yeah. you can say? So this centre opened up that didn't agree with that. And they didn't agree with you can't use tarot cards, you can't use this, you can't use that. Um, also, the SNU didn't believe in reincarnation, which I really do believe in big time. Oh, there's major proof of reincarnation. I mean, there's it's major proof. To me, it's obvious. Ask the, ask the Indians, like the actual Indians in India, like ask them. They, there are so many stories that come out of that country that of reincarnation that are insane. Well, I've got a friend, uh, Jane Osborne, she does past life regression. I've been regressed loads of times with various lives. And I've had, then I find the research, but I'll come to that. So I started charging for readings. And then I, so I was in this small town, this spiritual centre open that wasn't religious based, which was brilliant. And I learned loads all about aura, chakras, energy, blah, blah, blah. Things that the church wouldn't teach you. So... From there, I went to this spiritual retreat in Wales called Hafni Coe. It's still there, and I now go there and teach. And at the time, and it happens to anybody who's spiritual, I was a big fish in a very little pond when I was in my hometown. And I got to this spiritual retreat in Wales in the UK, and spirit basically pulled the rug from under my feet, let me fall flat on my face. I'm like, now learn. <laughs> it basically got rid of my ego then. And I learned, I learned about energy, 
I learned about auras, I learned about chakras, I learned about earth energies, ley lines, ghost hunting, um, oh, all sorts. Also, I'm very much into what I call the craft. People call witchcraft, I'll call it the craft. Um, very much into that now, but it's all about positive energies and helping and healing. Also, the alien energies, very much into those because the aliens are with us. They're not coming, they're here. Um, what else? Oh, God, there's loads. I'm trying to think. Um, so I've learned loads over the years. And the one thing I say now is that I would never be, I think the word's arrogant enough, to tell somebody what to believe. When I give a reading or a message or I'm helping somebody, I like to give, if I'm helping somebody, I like to look at their situation and give them options. And the one that feels right is the right option for them. When I give a message from a loved one in spirit, I'm not doing it to prove life after death. I'm doing it to give you an experience and hopefully you will then go and discover things for yourself. I like to encourage people to explore their spirituality, whichever direction it goes in. So it doesn't matter which direction you go in, as long as it you expand. I go by the pagan creed, which only has two things. Do no harm, and everything you give out is coming back to you. If you live by those rules, you're not going to go wrong. Yeah. Um, but what's been happening, a few years ago, I'd had loads and loads and loads of experiences, you can imagine. But the one I found that really got to me, in my young years, I trained in psychology and as a counsellor, and what we're calling it, Britain, a welfare officer, to help people, anything social deprivation social problems breathing grieving bereavement everything like that but as i was developing i noticed the amount of people who wanted to grab onto your energy who pretended to be your friend while stabbing you in the back who only wanted to know you for your abilities yep and it got bad it got really bad i had people uh, to stent, I had to get the police involved. I was getting hate mail. I was getting racial abuse. I was getting anonymous letters written about me left, right, and centre. And turned out the person who did it was one of my best friends. But I'd had loads of stuff like that. The worst one was when I call it, I got done over by a Satanist. That was fun. I didn't know she was a Satanist. <laughs> she didn't come and go, Hi, I'm a Satanist. She, again, this was in my formative years. I was only in my mid late 20s early 30s i was still learning and she came along and pretended to be my friend and there was a group of us at the time because you have your, your social group who you mix with and we're all spiritual we're all developing and she got involved with us all and i didn't know it. she said she was taking me through a meditation what she actually did was hypnotize me and for almost a year i ended up phoning this woman about 10 11 o'clock every night and telling her everybody's secrets, which I didn't know I was doing. I was totally unaware of it. It was a very, very bizarre time. Some of my friends realised what was going on before me. She did it to plenty of other people. It wasn't just me. And one of the things she told me when I first met her was, I'm here to test people who cross my path. If you pass my tests, the test to get past me you will be on a magnificent spiritual journey but i'm here to stop you doing that 
and excuse me she did almost stop me i'm not going to go into it because it was pretty horrendous um because she was involved with ritualistic murder and what it turned out was i'd done a reading for her which actually proved she'd be involved in this murder um but i didn't know i had no idea so she couldn't find me for two or three years because people wouldn't tell her where I was. And then she found me again and suddenly became our best friend overnight. And she started telling people I was mentally ill. Um, she turned all my friends against me. And the worst thing was at one point she wanted to take my daughter and look after my daughter. Um, this is the ritualistic murder was of a young girl as well. My daughter was only eight or nine at the time. And I said, no way on this earth. And luckily, some friends around me at the time realised what was going on. My aunt, who was the healer, she'd passed a spirit by then. And she came to me and she basically, she'd left me some books on hypnotherapy. And she just, this book, shot off the shelf, picked it up and tip, held the book in my hands, opened it. And it said, when you've been hypnotised against your will, which had happened, and I did, wow. there was a, something in there that how to undo it. So I undid it. Okay. And then, because I didn't phone that woman that evening, she phoned me up. And I just said, with all that is holy, you never darken my door or cross my path again. And she went, you've passed the test. You will never hear from me again. And I never did. Wow. Okay. Amazing. But multiple multiple co multiple comments and questions on that story so far <laughs> <laughs> right but the but, following bit of it was there's more a year or two later i was running development groups and starting to teach people and there's an old chap came along with his wife to the development group and i told them the story about being careful who you trust and about be careful if somebody says the meditate doing your meditation it's hypnotizing you and you know just be careful and I said there was somebody, and I said about the ritualistic murder. The bloke took me to a, one side afterwards and said, um, named the person who'd hypnotised me, so to speak, and the victim. And they said, yes, we know she was involved, but we couldn't prove it. He was the pathologist who'd done the autopsy on the murdered girl's body. Wow. Talk about synchronicity right there. Yeah. And... Some years later, I met another lady who was part of a coven. This before I was really into the craft. And she said um, that her coven, this murder had been on a certain time of year with certain energies. And their coven had to go down and cleanse the land where it was done as well. And that all came from me just doing a reading for a complete stranger. But wow. what a journey. <laughs> what a, scary. Yeah. Uh, within that time, my accelerator cable snapped. I was coming off a motorway onto a, another busy road. Uh, the accelerator cable snapped, and the mechanic had a look and went, that's impossible. It could not have broken clean off where it broke. That was impossible. I was also picked up out of my bed and thrown against a wall. Had clocks, for, uh, poltergeist activity, psychic attack. It was quite a few horrendous years, but I survived it. And 
I have a lot of respect for anybody's ability with energy, but I don't fear it anymore because I've been through it. So why fear it? And fear gives it power. So Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. So that was one major experience. But I had lots of other experiences, not as bad as that, but people trying to manipulate me, use me. And as I've gone on through it, or in a relationship with a narcissist, that was fun, um, I learned about energy and how people steal your energy, how they use your energy, how to protect your energy. Um, and that was really interesting. But what happened from it all, I ended up writing a book of all these different experiences of where people want to use you. Um, they abuse your energy, they abuse your trust. There was a lot of it around. And I call the book, It's Not All Love and Light. Because, yeah, with this past 15, 20 years of spiritual awakening, oh, it's all love and light, they're all lovely people. No, they're not. Some of them are horrible, really nasty people with strange egos and ugh. So I ended up writing a book called It's Not All Love and Light because spirit channeled that through me. They used to wake me up at two, three in the morning and I'd sit there with a pet with the, on the computer and type away, which was great fun because I'm dyslexic. So I would not know what I'd written. It'd be the next day or a few days later, I'd go and read it. And it's all based on my true experiences, um, but spirit channeled it. So that book came out six years ago. And the strange thing with that, so all these synchronicity in my life are amazing. Um, I didn't really push the book because Spirit just said, leave it, it'll go in its own time. So I trusted them. And there must be, I know of at least 10 people who read my book and went, I was about to give up doing my spiritual path and I read your book and I decided to keep going. And that's 10 I know of. So That's, am that's amazing. Um, I love it. I love working with spirit. I do energy, you know, the ley lines and energy lines on the earth. Uh, I've been doing grid healing on energy lines on the earth where you plant crystals in certain places and join them up to other energies. And I know there's groups all over the world doing the grid healing, energy healing. That um... <laughs> I'm laughing because I had a conversation a few days ago. There was a Facebook page about stone circles. And so it's all join that, you like that sort of thing. So I've just joined it. And you had all the spiritual people saying about the different energies from stone circles. Then you had the archaeologists going, oh, no, no, it's just archaeologically interesting. Then you had, I hate to use the word, but I'm going to say muggles, who went, you lot are crazy, it's just a stone circle. And they all started arguing over who was right. And I'm thinking, how futile is that? Yeah, and one person said to me, why is it? Yeah, it's not, it's not real. It's been scientifically disproven. I went, I feel it. So for me, it's real. And she argued, she was arguing with me. I thought, I'm not arguing with you. How can you argue with what you feel? You feel what you feel. It's not yeah. harming anyone. It's not controlling anyone. It's not manipulating anyone. So I just find that people seem to want to stick stick somebody in a box and fit into that criteria, which I don't. I will not be boxed in. Um, I'm trying to think what else I've done. Uh, famous people who've come through and readings, that's quite good fun. 
um because i never realized afterwards but i think the best one i had uh when doing a reading was it was a a locker rocker bloke long hair leather jacket type chap really nice did this read and i kept saying i've got mark here and mark said you helped his son with his guitar and playing his guitar and he died doing um a small car like a minute hit a tree and i'm doing this reading and i'm afterwards he said oh yeah that was mark boland i, I know that name mark boland famous um the guitarist musician t-rex back from the 70s oh yeah okay okay i knew i knew that name i'm like i know that name from somewhere but t-rex sang, sang metal guru Ooh, okay i know that one yeah and he came through and i had no idea it was him it's a good job i didn't because i'd have frozen in the reading so that was a good one uh what else have i had well before you go on let me get some questions and comments in because there's a lot to cover here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to go back to the beginning when you're talking about World War II, because I actually was just listening to something, a podcast the other day about um, Hitler using mediums and psychics yeah, during is. the war. Yeah. And I believe England was doing the same thing, weren't they, to kind of con contradict yeah, what yeah. he did? Now, the one story I've heard about England, so I know the Nazis, especially the SS, their headquarters was a satanic energy point. That's known. Right. In England, uh, Churchill was uh, really pagan in his beliefs and very intuitive. And I heard from somebody who was alive at the time that he got all the covens and witches of England to put a protective energy field around England. And that's why Hitler never invaded us. Because why would he suddenly on the brink of invasion suddenly go to Russia? There was no logical reason for that. Did they not? Did they not drop bombs on England? I thought. They didn't oh, God, got absolutely splattered. Yeah, yeah. I was, <laughs> we I was really, say, like... really got bombed badly. But this energy field—it didn't stop the bombing; it stopped the invasion. Yeah, I could, I could see that possibly, and it put an energy field around and diverted the energy in another direction. Yeah, kind believe that happened which i i could believe it too because i mean it's well known that hitler was in the into the occult and that he was into trying to i mean he tried to make werewolves for god's sake so or dogmen or he might even had real dogmen because i truly believe that dogmen exist and he he might have had them i mean he might have found mm -hmm. some and because i'm sure as much as there's covens of witches out there there's also like packs of dogmen that do spend time together especially back then you've got to have the yin and yang for every good, there's got to be the opposite. Oh, yin and yang. Okay. Sorry. The, the accent threw me on that one for a second. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's always, there's always, there always has to be good and evil. I agree with that. There's always a balance. And mm. I mean, I, I personally do not, am not sensitive to anything. I always wish I was, but you know, those who want to can't ever do it. That's just the way it is. Like, well, you go I disagree with that because every single one of us has that sixth sense right your sixth sense is the fight or flight that is your first sense yeah yeah um you think if you you know when you got a baby and you pretend to drop them their arms go out automatically yeah yeah that's your sixth sense 
women probably have it a bit more than men because we will tell we'll wake when the baby wakes up in the night we will tend to wake up two minutes before the baby does that's your sixth sense um knowing who's about to phone that's it or going somewhere and feeling the atmosphere and go there's been a big row in here we've all had that yeah. one right. that is the sixth sense that can be expanded on okay it really can be expanded on it takes time and it takes a lot of work and dedication as well but basically yeah you've got your chakra your energy points in your body it's pushing energy through and learning to use it and breathe with it and as you expand it then you can reach into other dimensions whether spirit alien earth whichever dimension you want to go to it's possible for anyone to do it i wouldn't necessarily recommend doing it because I know some people have gone in it full pelt and it's actually caused mental health issues when they don't balance the energy. But yeah, I mean, Kim. I mean, I, I wish I knew someone around my part of the world over here in Massachusetts to teach me this stuff because I would totally, I mean, I would go full Stephen Strange in that school and just study my ass off on it and work, my, and work so hard to work, have that happen. I've got to say recently because i do a lot on um, facebook and we've got um online mediumship services we're getting a lot of mediums from america coming to england on these online things to develop more using the english technique of mediumship and they're all doing it via zoom and online it's pretty amazing what's happened it's all because of the lockdown well of course yeah that it's opened up a lot really a lot of doors for every, a lot of things yeah, it's really good. So if you really wanted to, you could without leaving your home. True. Hmm. Might have to look into that because, I mean, I do have spirits in my house. I know I do. I've had investigators here to look into it. And I would love to be able to communicate with them like, and find out real reasons they're here beyond using investigators, divining yeah. rods and the spirit boxes and all that. All the but, tools. All the yeah. tools. Basically, I mean, they brought in like a literally a duffel bag of tools, but I, but going back to your story, I mean, going back to the bad experience you had with the Satanist, I was going to ask, like, at one point, was it a real Satanist or was it a wannabe Satanist who was just one of the ones who reads a church Satan book and tries to go by that? She knew what she was doing 100%. Well, the, yeah, the way the way you describe it, it, it I mean, she, it definitely, I mean, it makes me, it makes me think of the Christian idea of the devil that they, he's there to test you and he's there to tempt you, which that's what it made me think of. And I'm, I mean, Lord knows that whatever evil presence there is, whoever's running it, wh whether you want to call him a devil, Satan, Beelzebub, Hades, whatever you want to call him, mm -hmm. or her, or her, I'm not gonna be. Sexist. It. <laughs> it. Whatever, you want, whatever you want to call it they always have followers and workers who they will have do their business and mm. the fact that she was able to actually put you under hi hypnosis that quick is it because most hypnosis like you go to you go to a hypnotist to try to quit smoking or quit eating fatty food something like that it takes months to really get you under like what they say when they say you're under mm. even if they yeah. can do that go ahead Right, you remember this. I was learning meditation. I was just really starting to get deep into it. And at that point, nobody had really told me about protecting my energy. 
no one had really taught me that people can harm your energy. So I was quite naive when I met this person. Um, I do believe it was on my path and I was meant to meet them. I've got no doubt about that whatsoever. Um, the person I and the knowledge and wisdom I have now, it would never happen to me now. Well, of course not. I mean, but we all... hindsight is a wonderful thing. Yes, yes, it is. I mean, we've all had experiences in our young years where maybe not to that extreme, but where we meet people who don't influence our life in the best of way. And it's like a rite of passage. Everybody has to go through one friend that's going to end up stabbing them in the back at least a couple times. I wish it was only one I've had hundreds. <laughs> well, be, being with someone with abilities like yourself, someone who's sensitive to all this, it opens the door for a lot more people who want to get into your life than just a normal person. Well, what I say, a bright light attracts moths. Exactly. So the stronger your energy, the more moths and Klingons and strange people you're going to attract. But it's all part of the journey. Because I do be one thing else I believe is that we choose our life before we were born. Okay. And a friend and I have this thing that we were absolutely drunk off our faces, probably drugged up when we chose the life. Because we have no idea what we'll let ourselves in for. But there is, there is actually, on a serious note, a theory that you choose your parents, you choose your siblings, you choose the people you're going to meet. But as soon as you're born, you forget it all. Okay? But if you look at each of those and the influence they've had on you, good and bad, yeah, and where it's led you, where path, I don't believe any of it's chance. I don't think no, it's chance. I, I agree. I am a 100% huge believer in fate. And that because whenever like whenever my wife says like why don't you wear your seatbelt or slow down driving i'm like if i'm fated to die today i'm gonna die today it's not gonna change no matter what i do so i'm a full believer in fate i'm a full believer that we are destined to do things from the second we're born i think we sorry that's okay we we may be able to influence it slightly to change a certain way but the same thing's going to happen it just might be different paths to that thing and it might be a little bit different outcome than could have happened if we didn't change something but those opportunities are rare i think and those are the big life moments i think the i like the george michael song different corner because if you'd gone left and not right something else would have happened if you were a minute later or a minute earlier you'd have missed something would have happened i think the major experiences and choices i think in life are out of our control to a degree yeah but we I agree. see opportunities doesn't mean we've got the free will to take them or not but if mm -hmm. we don't look them around again you can't a friend of mine you say you've got one number on your head you've got the day you well two numbers the day you're born and the day you die or the day your body dies yes your spirit don't die no, it does not. I I know that for a fact now. And I have believed in reincarnation for at least a good decade. I mean, I've been on this paranormal journey of talking to people and listening to po other podcasts of talk to people for 15, 10, 15 years now and listening to watching, reading what I reckon read. Just this is such an interesting world that I had to be a part of it. And I wanted to get other people's messages out there, get other people's experiences out there so that more people can learn like I did. That's well, why I started this podcast. Well, oh, that's a brilliant. Obviously, that's what your destiny is. You, you are this. You are the second person to tell me that. <laughs> there you go. 
it's your destiny. And it's going to go further yet. You wait and see. Oh, I <laughs> I hope so. I'm on I'm on five podcasts right now as a regular. So the one I... Spirit want me to ask you right now if that's okay. Oh, please, you. please. Is the alien energies? Have you met them yet? Have you seen the alien energies or people as I call them? Interestingly enough, I had a star seed on this show about a week ago. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of my introduction to because I knew about star seeds, I've heard the name, but I never was really introduced or able to listen to someone talk about it for a length of time. And I finally got the chance to do that. Her name is Shant was that Shante? Yeah, Shante Hood, I believe her name was. And she is a star seed and she there's three different species of aliens that she's communicated with yeah. species of aliens i never even heard of not the grays not the reptilians like the actual names of species that yeah i never heard i couldn't even repeat them right now if i wanted to but i think so i i've probably got a bit different outlook on energies whatever they are earth energies alien energies to me they're just spiritual beings their energies the same as we are from different dimensions, different planet, different universes. And then you've got the, um, I like the quantum physics, the time-space parallel universes and all that sort of stuff. And I absolutely believe we can link into all sorts of different things and expand our energy. I actually find it frustrating in this country because when we do what we call platform mediumship, Okay, you are here to prove life after life. And I'm thinking, but there's so much more than that. So much more in so many different areas. Um, And I just think, when I started out, if you'd mentioned aliens, people would think you were crackers. Oh, yeah. And I'm going back 40 years, you know, (laughs) when you couldn't mention suicide on platform, as though that never happened. Um, so the way I've been through all these years and things like this, when you can talk about aliens, you can talk about quantum physics, you can talk about earth energies. Um, I mean, the other one I'm really interested in is spirit possession and spirit come and take people over. Um, I'm involved with an organization called spiritual crisis in mental health. There's a bit of a background to that. My grandmother um i believe she was a medium spiritual person but she was born before the last century um 1890 i think she was born and as she grew up it was a very catholic pronounced place she lived in oh yeah and she was convinced she was mentally ill and it was the devil talking to her and she was actually a medium and she actually ended up mentally ill because I think a lot of people who are mediums and aren't believed and aren't listened to are treated for mental illness and then they do become mentally ill because they're being told what they see and feel is not true. Yeah, um, I mean, a lot of them turn to drug abuse and alcohol abuse as well because yeah. they're trying to quiet the voices in their head because they think it's something wrong with them. So there's a new approach to that. I did mention it in my book. But the approach is, um, it's called Spiritual Crisis in Mental Health Network. And what they do is, is I think there's, was two, there were two places in England. There's a place in Brazil. You've got some in America. 
and they do a complete holistic approach to mental health where they have psychology psychiatrists counselings mediums healers and various therapists reflexology and all that sort of stuff so a person is treated holistically they have a 98 percent recovery rate that's from statistics about five years ago i don't know if these places still got funding because obviously it's not good for the drug companies and somebody <laughs> recovers completely um but at the moment it's an online service spiritual crisis and mental health network um and we get people from all over the world on that because what they're trying to do is look at mental health in a spiritual capacity and a lot of time when people start hearing voices and seeing things they think they're schizophrenic they're mentally ill when actually they're having a spiritual awakening except where are you taught when you start seeing things and hearing voices you automatically think you're mentally ill and yeah i mean you, you might not be if it's a voice telling you to do harm to others, then you might be, or you could have a, a nasty attachment that happens. Um, but we, uh, the Spiritual Crisis Network, basically say, if you're on medication, keep the medication, but do the spiritual awareness at the same time. So you can balance them out. And I think it's a fantastic view. Because... If we don't have breakdowns, a breakdown is a breakthrough. It's a chance to start again. So with spirituality within that, whichever direction you're going to go in spiritually, it's just really good. Sorry, I'm going for my tangents. Yeah, which I mean, it's interesting, interesting. And I mean, it's great work you do with that because I mean, there are... I've heard there are ways for people to overcome addictions and all that without resorting to the medication, which is a great thing because medication is just so overpriced nowadays because the greedy need their money. And it's just, it's not healthy. Medication at the end of the day is just not healthy for the body. I like the one. They feed us a load of rubbish and then give us medication to make us better from the rubbish they feed us. Oh, that's very true. I mean, unfortunately for me, they in this country, they start doing processed foods when I was 14, 15. And unfortunately, I got caught in that trap of the food addiction. But yeah, never I could, life. Oh, I could. I, I just had gastric bypass surgery at the end of March because of being in that addiction as well. So oh. I totally understand. And I now don't eat anything like I used to, but mm. uh, which is a good thing. But I do miss it sometimes, but <laughs> well, I won't have gastric surgery because my aunt was the first person in our country to have gastric surgery. It took her 30 years to die from it. Really? It was really bad. Uh, she had a wound that never healed for about 10 years. Um, I don't know how they did it. Obviously, they've updated since then, but um, her, she had no wine in her body, she had no nutrients, her hair fell out, her teeth fell out. It was horrendous. And my mum made me promise never to have it done, which I'm sticking to. Um, I'm, I do have an eating disorder for many, many reasons. I'm not going to go into, but yeah. I'd rather manage the eating disorder because if I have gastric surgery and don't manage the eating disorder, I could end up with a different addiction. Oh God, yeah, God, yes, you could. I mean, I have to stop myself all the time when I want to go eat something, and like I used to, and I know I can't. I mean, 
I can't go, I can't buy chips and dip anymore because I'll eat the whole bag in one sitting and I know it. I can't do that. And mm. and plus, I mean, I since I've done it though, it seems like everything in my life seems to work out. Got applied for, for applied for promotion at work, got it. Started podcasting majorly and started this podcast, and I'm already getting sponsors and all this, and within months and the right just, thing for you. Yeah, it is. And I'm sure gastric bypasses have changed dramatic. I know they've changed dramatically since yeah. back then, but I mean, still, it's everybody's everybody makes their own choices, and I don't disrespect anybody for doing what they That's want. That. To do. I would never say somebody not to have it done for me. It's not a choice. Yep, not which I can do, and I respect I can, him as it done. Oh, I can understand why you wouldn't want to do it. I mean, I hundred, I hundred percent too after that story. <laughs> but it's just whatever, whatever people want to do. That's their, their that's choice. their life. Yep. And the other thing that's coming on in this country is we've got somebody called the Fat Friendly Doctor. Okay, and she's a qualified doctor. And she's saying a lot of the things they do for overweight, what they call obese people, I don't mean massively obese, but bigger than normal, is that you're discriminated against in care. And the body mass index was invented by a, um, what you call it, somebody who works with numbers. I can never remember the name. A mathematician. Mathematician for American insurance companies based on white American males aged between 35 and 55. I can believe that. I can fully believe that. So your BMI actually doesn't mean anything. Yeah. So when they treat somebody differently because of their size, where if somebody was a smaller size with exactly the same condition, you get treated differently. And there's yeah. a lot of bullshit, frankly, around it. And there's a big movement in this country now going, we're not taking this anymore. We are not taking it. I should not be denied health care because I'm bigger than somebody when that bigness is not a reason for not treating. Yeah, I mean, being overweight shouldn't be treated the same as being an alcoholic who can't get a liver or a drug addict who can't get new kidneys or something like that. Like, it shouldn't be treated the same way because, yes, those people are having their own demons to deal with too, mm -hmm. but being overweight is not a bad choice that we decide to make that we shouldn't have. Yeah. It's just kind of the way the life went most of the time. And you've got all the genetic side to it as well. Oh God. Yes. I, yeah. Even the skinny people in my family are fat. <laughs> We've just, I actually spoke. I did the people I do readings for is amazing. I spoke to somebody who is a geneticist again, she's in America. And I asked about this. Well, it's a weird story because I do past life regression. I've had past life regressions done, I should say. I don't do it. And I asked my friend who's just past life regression, which do one on me. I want to know my DNA ancestry from a spiritual perspective. Okay. Mm. It's somewhat different. Because I've always felt, as I've developed, not always, but more recent years, that I know we've got the fat gene in our family. And when I spoke to this geneticist, I said, so if you've got a fat gene, you've got a skinny gene, you've got an addiction gene, all genetics are there. And she says, there is definitely a physical DNA that follows the common sense. And I thought, well, surely there's got to be a spiritual DNA, your ancestors. 
and all your previous lives, there's got to be a spiritual DNA. So my friend took me on a, regre a regression with a difference where I looked at my ancestry DNA. Okay. And they're playing with the lights in my room now, spirit. I don't just saw that. And I went back to when um, my family were somewhere at the time, ancestors, I should say, were in Africa. So I've got African ancestry. And there was a famine. And at that point, the female DNA changed to store more fat, store more energy because of the famine. All right? So that's different. And then my weight gain happened when I was in trauma after a bereavement and I stopped eating for about a month. And when I started eating again, everything stored 10 times more than it did before. So that to me is genetic DNA and spiritual DNA. Interesting. I may, I definitely may have to talk to you off camera about having that done at some point, but because I, I am a donor conceived person. So I, I actually did a real physical ancestry test to have my ancestry done. Just yeah. so I could, and I actually found out who my donor was and I've talked to him since mm -hmm. all this. And I have a, multitude of half brothers and half sisters but i would love to know the spiritual side of my history because my ancestry on my other side is so just stories people tell that like no one's 100 sure i mean yes the ancestry tests showed we were european jewish ancestry mostly mm -hmm. but i don't know what that means like i don't know what that means because it's not re jewish religion it's just jewish people because they were such a people in europe back in the basically it's a genetic i my ancestry is hilarious because we start off in england with the royal stewards in about 12 something i don't know don't know my history in that way and my mum's side of the family slept their way across europe and ended up in africa my dad's family started off portugal and germany and both families ended up in what was Ceylon, which is now Sri Lanka. Okay. Okay, yeah. On my dad's, we did the family tree going back. We have actually got a family name called Gold, Goldstuka, which is a German Jewish name. Yep. Right? My mum's great granddad was West Indian, but came from slavery. <laughs> My mum's and dad's family were Singalese, as is a Ceylon, but my mum's family were half British as well. Um, so I have got such a mashed up ancestry DNA in a physical sense, yeah? yeah. Which to me, I just think I'm I'm a human being on planet Earth. Well, basically. But and all this tribal stuff of our country, their country, I think, oh, it's a load of rubbish. There's no borders when you get to spirit. It shouldn't be any here. But then the other side of it is your spiritual ancestry. So you've got genetic spiritual ancestry. So where your genetics in this life came from in your spiritual ancestry. But then you've got your past life ancestry, which might have nothing to do with your DNA spiritual ancestry. If that's not too complicated. <laughs> no, it makes it makes hundred percent it makes hundred percent sense to me, but to anybody else that what you're on about. Um 
but I just find it fascinating. But if you want to know past life, past life regression, there's a lady called Jane Osborne. Um, she's in England, um, but she does works online and everything. She is absolutely fantastic at past life regression, but she does it in a healing form. So if you're carrying something from a past life in this life, um, she gets in and clears it. It's amazing what she does. I couldn't do what she does. I find it absolutely fascinating. But, um, yeah, that's another area. So many areas of spirituality. Um, you know, you run about the, um, oh, what you call it? Like Bigfoot and Loch Ness and all those. Cryptids, yeah. Cryptids, yeah. I have a theory on that, which I'm sure people have. I think they're actually, the real, but they're, spirit, they're spirits that people are seeing. So that's why it's so hard to actually get evidence because they're spirit. And they will leave footprints, they will leave marks, but they can't find them because they're spirit. Makes sense to me, 100%. I mean, and you're not the first person I've heard say that either. I mean, a lot of people believe they're ultra-terrestrial in origin, which means they come from another dimension, which you were talking about earlier. Is multiple, multiple dimensions, which yeah. I'm a huge believer in multiple dimensions. I think that's why we see shadow people is because it's they're from yeah. another dimension and we're seeing just a glimpse of them in weak spots. Yeah. And you have time slips. I'm, I've had a couple of time slips where you're suddenly somewhere and you're in a different decade or different century and you're back again. They're brilliant. I heard, I heard, a, story, I heard a story the other day about a couple in America in the 1940s or 50s. Mm -hmm. And they were just walking through their neighborhood, which they've done tons of times before because people didn't drive as much back then. And all of a sudden, they were down a street that they'd never seen before. Mm -hmm. And they walked down and just saw buildings they'd never seen before, houses they'd never seen before. And they were completely confused. And they spent months combing their town with a map trying to find it again. And they couldn't find the street they were on ever. Yeah. I had it. My most recent one was about eight years ago. Um there's a city called Lincoln in England. Uh, film the Da Vinci Code there, actually. And I used to live there. And I was driving down this very, very steep hill. And at the end of the hill, there was a road. That was all buildings. There was a road. But the road curved round. Okay. It was two-way traffic and I was coming down. And as I was coming down, the view in front of me changed. That a row of buildings weren't there. The road going across wasn't there. It just changed for a few minutes. And then I was back and I braked because there was a junction. Except because it was on a curve and the council in their wisdom had time at the road and the giveaway lines weren't there. I went to stop in the middle of the road and managed to hit a car, um, which nobody was hurt. And there was a funny story about it, though, because the car spun round, hit a bank window. And when the police turned up, they said, oh, stuff the bank. They can afford the window. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but when I funny. obviously went to Crown Prosecution and stuff, um, because I'd stopped, I'd missed a junction, even though it wasn't my fault because there was no white lines. Um, but when I spoke to the chap there and he said, Do you know how often I hear people's stories when they've had a car crash going? I don't normally drive that drive that route. The view changed. There was silence, there was nothing there, and then bang, the accident or whatever happens. That, to me, is one of those fate things that has got to happen. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with that, too. I mean, I never had anything like that happen to me, unfortunately. I 
once again, I want to experience everything there is in this world, but I just don't experience much at all. But but the thing is that I would say, if you want to hear from Spirit directly, ask them. Ask Spirit to give you the experience nicely. I mean, give you a nice experience of them, not experience them. I've had so many people, I want to know about Spirit, and then somebody's pulling the covers off at three in the morning, jumping up and down the bed. Well, I don't want to hear from Spirit. <laughs> Well, it's funny because my wife comes from a house in the Bridgewater Triangle, Massachusetts. I don't know if you heard of that, but no, it, I don't. it's basically just a huge section of land that Native Americans supposedly left the curse on when the white men slaughtered their mm -hmm. slaughtered their tribe. Which that story is all over America, but yeah, yeah. But my wife used to have her blanket pulled underneath the bed while she was sleeping. It would feel like someone is sitting on her chest while she's sleeping, like a lot of crazy stuff and yes the house she lived on was built on a native american burial ground just like poltergeist basically but yeah not as not as not as crazy and obvious as, as poltergeist i've got a theory on them as well it's just a noisy spirit but well, you yeah. think, from, think of it from their perspective right this is when my camp when i trained as a counselor and i've done spirit rescue work and energy clearance so my is counsel the spirit because if they're hanging around, they're hanging around for a reason. Okay. It may be they didn't believe in life after life. It may be they're fearful of what they're going to meet because of what they've done here. Um, I think one of the best ones I had on that side of things was, um, oh, God, my mind's just gone blank. Come back. No, mine's gone. It'll come back in a minute. Oh, yeah, Bab, the poltergeist. Um it's basically, I've had dealt with loads of them over the years, but what I do is sit them down and I say, listen, think of it from the spirit's perspective, right? You're in a house and somebody comes in and they've gone, knock, knock, knock. Oh, did you hear that? Yeah, yeah, I heard it. People are going to have heard it. The spirit's going, yes, they've heard me. Right? So then they'll move something. Oh, look, that just moved. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. The spirit's going, yeah, I'm here. Woo, you can hear me. You, you know, I'm here. And then spirit gets so fed up over years of people hearing them and not talking to them. They start throwing things. They start getting angry and banging things and pushing you. But if you were somewhere desperately trying to get somebody's attention and they knew you were there and they ignored you, you'd get angry and throw things and push them and do things. Yeah, it's like it's like being at a pharmacy or something and waiting for someone to notice you're staying there at the counter and. Yeah. You're, and you get you get more and more angry the longer it takes from the nose shoe. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed over my other shoulder here. I've got, I don't yeah. see it. There's a the energy shifting. There's like a shadow or something there. Not a bad one. It's just spirit standing there. They keep changing the energy on my camera. I noticed that a few times. Yeah, I just yeah. I, I know it was it. I didn't know if it was the connection or something messing with it, but no, it's I messing with it. I know what they're like. The, the first, the first episode of this podcast I recorded, I was mm. talking about the spirits in my house, and I used their human names. And my wife told me afterwards that there was just orbs floating around me when I was doing it. The will do spirit. The one thing I, I think one time I was going somewhere, I met this Buddhist, and I told him what he did. He went really grumpy and funny with me, and I went, "Okay, what's wrong?" He said, "You disturb the dead." I went, "Totally wrong." The dead disturb me. I don't yeah. go out there searching for them. 
I am the laziest paranormal investigator you'll ever meet. If spirit <laughs> want me to know where I am, I'm not going chasing around after them. I'm too old for that now anyway. <laughs> but it's a paranormal investigation. I'm the one who sits in the office going, all right, spirit, what do you want to help with? Because I look at it as some spirits come back and visit us out of love for us. That's yeah. the ones we give the messages from. Then spirits are so happy in a place, they like to go back and visit it. Yeah. And then you get the ones, there was one, oh, one experience, this was an interesting one. It was a so-called medium. I say so-called because they were an idiot. Um, and they thought they were here to rescue all these spirits. Now, in between somebody's body physically dying and the person passing fully to the spirit world, it can happen instantaneously. It can wait to the funeral. If someone's got an issue you don't want to go, that's where rescue comes in. This person, so-called medium, makes me angry thinking about it. He was rescuing these spirits who had left the body when waiting for the funerals and in between the two worlds. And he didn't send them on the spirit world. He just kept them here. Right? And he created havoc. And he kept going to this spiritualist church. And I kept going. And spirit said, well, no, go to that church, but take your rescue kit with you, which is the paraphernalia I use when doing a rescue on a big scale. And that night... Things were going very weird. Medium couldn't link in. There was lots of noise, rattles, bangs. And at the end, I just stood up and took over. I say I, spirit took over. And just as trying to do it, this young girl started fitting. She's epileptic. And they could not get her out of this fit. And she kept screaming, get the man away from me. There was no man near her. Yeah. So we got the ambulance crew. But one of the ambulance men was a spiritualist and understood spirit. Anyway, so we got them out, and I said to everybody, right, if you want to stay in here and help, you can. If not, stay outside. I don't want any crap. And I had to do a massive clearance. And I find out from these spirits, this idiot had been rescuing them and just left them there, and they'd got really, really pissed off with it, and that's why the energy exploded. And I work with a group of spirits. I'm not going to say who they are because they don't want me to. And I call on them. Um, to help with any mass rescue and this was a mass rescue there were hundreds of them and we had to move them all over to spirit in one go and that was a interesting one but that's where you get people who think they know what they're doing and they don't yeah but then there's, a get... there's a lot of those in every field and everything i mean just people that think they know what they're doing and they don't and they just make things worse by trying to do it yeah i mean I learned through trial now, but the one thing I was taught from a very, very beginning is they are, well, I was taught they were people, but they are energies, good, bad, or indifferent. And generally, like your computer and it needs defragmenting and everything's in the wrong place. Yeah. And the energy gets mixed up, or like your cupboard needs clearing out, you haven't sorted it. With energies, whether the human spirit, animal spirit, alien spirit, whatever elemental earth energies sometimes the energies end up in the wrong place and it's not for us to decide where the energy needs to be it's for us to link into the universal energy and say can you please help put this energy where it should be that's how i see it there they're going again <laughs> yeah i mean i'm just it all makes sense to me everything you're saying makes perfect sense to me and it's a lot of stuff i already agree agreed with before you said it even but it just 
it all lines up perfectly in my head. And what was I gonna? I was gonna ask you about something. I forget the heck it was. Oh well, you said you don't really do paranormal skiing anymore out in the field. Did you ever do that in your younger days? Like, did you actually go to places that were supposedly haunted oh. and try to sort things out? Yeah. Oh, I've done loads of them. Absolutely loads. When I was in my twenties or thirties. Um. I think, I think one, I was asked to come and clear a shop in a town because there was a lot of poltergeist activity going on and it was disturbing customers and it was, it was not a nice one. And there was two spirits there. One was a child of a young boy, about nine, ten. And the man who was haunting the place was the man who abused and murdered the boy hundreds of years earlier. The boy was too scared to move on from the cupboard where he had died because of this bully was still hanging around. So we rescued the boy first and got him out of there fast as anything. Because something, I will not take harm to children on any level. Yeah, That's when I... my, my nasty side comes out if I see harm to children. Believe I agree. Me, um, and then we had to get rid of this nasty man. And they was nasty. He was terrified of what would happen to him when he died because he was of a generation where it was all hell and damnation and you're going to burn in hell and all that nasty, horrible stuff, which isn't actually true. Um, same as the way you're not going to sit on God's hand either isn't true, um, in my view. She adds quickly. Yeah. <laughs> And he was, I was running around this building. He was slamming doors in my face. He was throwing ashtrays at me. It was full on. And I just got really, really, really pissed off with him. I went, you are going to stand there and you are going to listen to me. I says, and once you've listened to me, you can choose where you want to go. But you're going to listen. And I basically sat him down, so to speak, and said, what are you fearing? And he said, you're judging me. I said, I'm not judging you. I'm asking you what you're fearing. So tell me what you fear. And he said, well, it was horrible to that child and did this, that, and the other. I went, yeah. And how do you feel about that? Because I wish I'd never done it. I said, so you you regret doing it? He went, yeah. I says, well, if you could see that child now, what would you say? Because I'd say, I'm so sorry. I hurt them. I'm so sorry. And he actually started, it was a counselling session with a dead person, basically. Yeah. And then I had to explain to him that in spiritual perspective of mine is that when you die, you have the opportunity to learn and heal from your mistakes. Yeah? You don't have yeah. to. There's also, I think, they're called purgatory. I think they call it in the Catholic faith. is where basically it's yeah. Groundhog Day. And you will go round and round in circles that that's doing those same things, except you can't hurt anybody um, until you decide you don't want to do that anymore. Basically, same it is here with the yeah, with addiction. You go round and round in circles until you decide I don't want to do this. Yeah, it's like on the TV show Supernatural when like the, the ghosts go in cycles in that in that in a house and they just repeat it and repeat it. Yeah. And they and like they can be standing right in front of you with an axe and they still can't hurt you. Like it's just. Yeah. Basically, it's basically like a TV being stuck on a loop. Yeah, that's what it is. It's a loop energy. But then you get the ones that, like this one, he was doing the loop energy, but then we broke the link. We broke, broke the cycle. One thing, never go on a spirit rescue job on your own. You want at least three of you. 
and two of you should be experienced mediums because when i started this is rescue not investigation rescue yeah um because i've been on some um we had a really evil one once and it was in a room um and none of us would go inside that room. We healed it from outside the room. We wouldn't go in there. I've had it where I've been places and I've ended up with scratches on me, bruises on me, um, where I've been followed home by spirit and they've come into my house till I need to put barriers up so they don't. Um, but, yeah, the rescue work's interesting. The nicest one, well, wasn't nice as it was absolutely very, very sad. Um, in England, on the 11th of November, we have Remembrance Day. Yeah, which is the people who died in World War, all the conflicts since World War One. And I was at one once, and I was stood there watching it. Went home in my car, and I thought, considering I'm my own in this car, this car is pretty full. Yeah, okay. I must have only been mid twenties. It's when I was still learning, but this car's full. So I'm driving along, Lincoln again. Okay, who's in this car with me? And it was a soldier from World War One. No, tell a lie, World War Two that time. And um, he said, well, we knew you could sense us there. So can you help us? <coughs> I said, okay, driving on, going, okay, what's going on? And he says, well, we got killed in battle, we believe, but we're not quite sure what's going on. They weren't sure they were dead. And obviously it had been about 40, 50 years by then. And... I learned with rescue is you have to ask them who they trust, who they love, who they want to see. So I pulled over, did a bit of meditation and they said, well, we're waiting for, no one's dismissed us. We're in our platoon and nobody's dismissed us. Said, okay. I said, so where was your training ground? And we went, meditated them back to their training ground, the passing out parade and their family and loved ones were there. And their sergeant major came along and dismissed them and they went to their loved ones and passed back to spirit. It was beautiful. It was the most beautiful one I've done. Sound, sounds like it. I mean, sounds like something amazing to witness. It was absolutely amazing. And I had, I've, from there, it was like, I think they must have told all these other spirits, yeah, she knows what she's doing. And I must have done about 10 years of spirit rescue then. But there's a brilliant book. It's actually by two American authors. It's called Soul Rescuers. Um, hmm. I don't know who it's by, but I don't think it's in print anymore. But it's called Soul Rescuers. It has a purple cover on it. Um, and they taught me a lot about Soul Rescue because at the time when I was doing it, there was very, very little information about, very little, you know. And I, when other people do rescuing, I teach them the same methods you counsel them you try and build a relationship with them before you move them on but make yeah. sure you have a team this side and a team spirit side who work with you yeah i mean it's not just like ghostbusters where you can go in and trap them like you have to actually want to work with them and talk to them and you can't try to that's one thing i've learned about from this podcast and multiple mediums i talk to and investigators i talk to you can't force a spirit out of anywhere they're not going to go anywhere they don't want to go i mean I disagree with that. Really? Believe me, yeah. If they are creating havoc in somebody's life here, right, which they do, it's 
hard to do, but you can get them to move away from that situation. You can't force them into spirit, but you can get them away from that situation and keep that person safe if they are really causing havoc. Yeah, but those have to be like the peeves type ghosts that just wreck everything they're near. Like no, just... I've come across really evil ones where I've gone, no, you're not staying here, you're off. Not having it. Really, it's not very often I come across them, I'll be totally honest. But I've got this really stubborn bitch face determination where I ain't having it. <laughs> Simple as I'm not having it. Especially if they're anywhere near harming children. Yeah, but nine times out of ten, I find that they're just frustrated and angry and confused. You know, however that you're perceiving them. But what I always say, the ones who don't want to move on, is you can still come back and visit, but go and have a look at this and see what it's like. Yeah. And they do. And some come back and some don't. And... Do any of the ones that come back tell you what it was like? Yeah. The ones who come... Nine times out of ten when they come back, they went, if I knew it was that good, I wouldn't have hung around here for so many years. <laughs> so, so they come back just to say that? <laughs> yeah, they come back. But the way spirits get stuck here varies. It depends on what happened. It's what yeah. their stories. I had a really good one um, in a village near to where I live. It was a priest. And I've been invited along to this old school room church room in this tiny little hamlet of a village about 10 houses and it was the priest who'd been there in the 1900s 18, 1890s 1900s and he hated people this priest vicar that one hated people right and he didn't want to move on because he'd been happy there because it was a very rural community with lots of animals and I said to him, well, who did you love when you were here? If you didn't like people, he says, I had my dog and my cow. I'm like, okay, a dog and a cow. He went, yeah, I loved my cow. She was my friend. Like, I'm not even going to ask questions on that, but I got yeah. the cow and the dog, and he went to spirit with them. And that has got to be one of the weirdest ones I've ever done. So you can actually... Well, I'm guessing you can't communicate with animal spirits. Well, but... Of course you can. Really? Yeah, like I'm, assu I'm, I'm assuming they don't talk as we would, but okay. You know when you got your pet dog. Yeah. And you know when that dog's not happy, you look at it and you know. Right? I have two mast. I have two mastiffs. Trust me, I know. <laughs> yeah. Right. And you also know when your dog's fed up because they'll tell you. You can't. They're not talking. It's more telepathy. Right, but they're a spirit energy. Everything is energy, right? Yep. And if you can link with energy, it doesn't matter whether it's a tree, a dog, a computer that we shout at frequently. Um, less so with computers, I have to say, but anything that's a living energy, you can communicate with on some level. Yeah, I I get that. I mean, like when your car won't start and you're like, come on, you're like, come on, come on, just start this one last time and it all of a sudden will spark like and it's like yeah. that's that's freaky, but thank you. <laughs> well, how many people named the cars? Not so many anymore, but a, a, some still do. 
I mean, I've the always made my cars. I don't. I just never did that. I mean, in the I know in the fifties and sixties in America, that was a huge thing. But no, I don't have my name. Oh, every car I've owned has had a pet name between me and the car. Yeah, and I know a lot of mediums. One thing I did with my next partner. He was buying a new car, so I just sat in the car and went, don't buy this one. Sat in the car, don't buy this one. Sat in the car, buy this one. And it lasted him a good 10 years. I don't know how hmm. I do it, but I ask Spirit, is this a good car? And they'll go, no, get out of it. When I don't listen to him, I always end up getting a rubbish car. But when I listen to him, I get good ones. So do you just always have Spirits following you around? Like, is it a constant well, thing? I could have put it right. You know how you live in your material world? Right now, you can see my room behind me, and this is the yeah. space you see. Yeah? Though I'm in this space, I'm also in a permanent link with spirit and this, the other energies. It's permanent, right? But the how tuned in, in I am depends on how much energy I put out to it. So if I expand my energy, I'm more in tune with spirit and less in tune here. When I pull it in a bit, I'm more in tune here than spirit. That makes sense. It does. It does. I mean, right. yeah. but you won't be chakras in your aura. You're more involved in other dimensions, and then it's what dimensions you want to link in because you've got your intention. So if my intention was I want to link with earth energies. Yeah. Yeah. Then my energy goes towards the earth, and the earth energy comes up back. If I want to link with I don't know, alien energies from whichever galaxy I send my intention out. If they want to speak to me, they'll come back. If they don't want to speak to me, they won't. Or vice versa. I have energies contacting me, and I'm like, no, not tonight. I'm tired. Leave me alone. Come back tomorrow. Speaking of alien energies, though, mm -hmm. do they ever give you information about why they're here? <laughs> Strangely, I'd actually me and my friends had a conversation about this recently. Um, basically, because we're ballsing everything up. Um, about I've got a friend who's really into the a couple of friends really into the alien stuff. Um a few of the things that I've been told and spirit have confirmed for me is that about starting in 2012 when the big energy shift was starting that more alien energies have been coming to this planet for the last 15, 20, 25 years um, because of what's happening in the Earth and this massive awakening we're having. They wanted to experience it from an Earth side. So you've got a lot of alien energies in human bodies. Okay. Um, and I have to say, um, my personal view is people with autism, ADHD, those sort of things have a probably an element of alien DNA because they function in a different way. That's my perspective. And I've got some with autism who, um, I know you're the rainbow children and the star children. Star seeds. Yeah. Yeah. Those are what the ones who are the alien element. And my son is six foot seven, size 15 feet. I don't know where genetically that came from. So, <laughs> I'm five foot nothing. So, yeah, having us on that tool is pretty amazing. Um, but with the alien energies, they've been here for years, about hundreds of years. But because we, this is my understanding, because we are evolving as we need to as a human race, 
um, those, I hate to call them alien energies, the extraterrestrial energies, the extra energies are coming in to help us uh, become more enlightened, become more aware, stop being so selfish looking in at this earth and the religious indoctrination we've had on this earth, yeah, and actually start thinking, well, if there's alien energies in there, how does the church have any power then? It's it's to change all the dimension of our thinking and of our belief systems that we need to wake up to we're not the only things in the universe by a long shot and to educate us and to enlighten us. Um, they work more on telepathy. They have more knowledge and wisdom than we do. You know, and they just want to help us. You know, I think some would probably want to give us a good slap and tell us to stop being stupid. <laughs> on like an naughty charge, you do that again. Um, but unfortunately, I believe here on the earth plane, we have many what I call first time incarnates who is their first or second time in a human body. Um, you see, I believe a lot of the narcissistic people, uh, the very selfish me, myself, and I people. Um, have only been here one or two times. Yeah. And they're the ones who create havoc because they're like, oh, I want all the money. I want that land. I want this. And they want to divide and rule. I've got to be in control. I'm the best person ever. And you see it in a lot of the world leaders because really who in the right mind would want to run the world? Because I know I wouldn't. Yeah, trying to keep everybody happy would be a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But those people who want power are often the narcissistic, what we'd call narcissistic sociopath types, but they've not been here very often, some of them. On the other hand, and this is another one, people like Hitler, with the call of the seventh time incarnates, were here for a massive purpose to change the Earth's um, trajectory and where we were going. Yeah. Um, at the moment, I believe a lot of the disasters and horrible stuff that's happened on Earth, like with Russia and everything, is human beings have got to remember the value of life and not just human life, animal life. We've got to start valuing life yeah. and not money and not possessions and not all that stuff that you can't take with you and isn't worth diddly squat. I agree. I mean, whenever I struggle financially, I don't let it bring me down. I don't let it affect okay. how I treat other people or other people creatures it's just it's something you're dealing with at that moment it will pass in time yeah but and the universe will provide you just got to ask they'll give you an opportunity now the one thing i wanted to show you because i found this went to the seaside with my friend and i was like finding crystal shops and i found this little fellow in a shop and i'll hold him up for you if you can see him under the light hang on let's get him out Oop. There, no, there we go. Yeah, okay. That little fella, right? I love my crystal schools. I think they're so important. There, you see him. That is cool. That's very cool. I do yeah. like the design of that. He's a, he's a little alien one. And I've got two other crystal schools that are quite bigger than this. But if you can see, this is tiny. I mean, it's uh, on the end of my finger. He's tiny. Yep. The energy channeled through this is more powerful than my big ones. Okay, now this little chap, let's put him down. I got him about six months ago 
and they told me at the time that I'm going through another transition, I'm going to new dimensions, new levels, and I'm like, yeah, all right, spirit, get on with it, whatever, I'm used to it now. And since that time, I've, I felt quite a few months quite detached from the earth, and I sat back and observed, but in the last, i say three, four weeks, it's like the energy's come back with a vengeance, the stronger, the clearer, and how can I put it? I'm getting out of my comfort zone, not doing this, things I wouldn't normally do, okay? Because I feel as though people just need to have the information and then go and seek for themselves what their truth is. That, for me, is the most important thing. When I teach, when I take workshops and I treat, teach people, I don't treat, teach them my way of doing it. I help them discover what their way of doing things is. I help people on their path, not my path, their path. Which is the right way to do it. I mean, yeah. of course. You've got to teach that. The, the only thing I teach everybody is open your chakras and open your energy and learn to control your energy field, your aura, because it's a living, breathing thing. And you, I wish they taught it in schools to kids how to, kids, how to protect your energy. Because, you know, when somebody comes in at you aggressively and it hits your energy... And you feel it. Yeah? Yeah, of course. Yeah, you feel the hurt, feel the pain, whatever. If you can protect your aura, then it can happen. And you're going, okay, then. And? But people take that energy on board. They get angry. And then they react. See, I think I learned that at a young age, just mm -hmm. naturally. Because I, as a fat kid, I was made fun of my whole life. And... Mm -hmm. I just let it kind of bounce off me. I never let it affect my mood. I mean, yeah, sometimes it bring me down a little, but I never let it really affect my mood in any way. I would never fight. I have never to this day physically been in a fight because of something like that. Other than with my brother, other than with my brother, but that's expected. But I mean, I just never, I never retaliated for any of this. I mean, I may have said something witty back, but I never got angry doing it. I just kind of smiled while saying it. So. Yeah, but Maybe you've, I, learned, you've naturally got it, but a lot of people haven't. Yeah, my well, yeah, my mom, my mom, my mother always said to me she wished she had my self esteem and my self worth. But so maybe that is related. But I think you're you're probably luckily you were born with that. I wasn't. I had to learn it. I had to learn how to protect my energy. But the the more you connect with universal energy, the stronger your energy is. The more there is the need to protect it as well so. i mean but i was also the kid that always said to everybody that asked like i feel like the universe has big things in store for me i don't know what they are but i can sense <laughs> something like i'm meant to do something and i never knew what it was and i still to this day don't know exactly what it is but mm -hmm. i think in the last year or two i started heading that direction well like i said a few years ago i was at that retreat in wales and there's a labyrinth there and a circle stone circle of circling trees and I remember going and you, you do a walking meditation through the labyrinth. And I'm just saying, Spirit, what is my purpose? And they told me. I went and sat on a hillside and cried for two hours. I don't want to do that. I'm not going to say what it is. But I did. when I found out what my purpose was, I, I can't do that. I don't want to do that. Leave me alone. I'm not interested. And then I just thought, okay, accept it. And the big gist of it is I am here to... 
link in with whichever energies I need to link in with, not just mediumistic. Um, and I'm here to teach and educate people, um, like I say, to help them on their own path. Not to help me on my path, where people have helped me. I'm here to help other people find their way and their direction. Um, in the last three years, I've got a hell of a lot of suicidal people, a hell of a lot, where they want to go home, where they've had enough. And the one thing I say, anybody listening to this, the only thing with suicide is you don't get out of it. They'll just send you back to do it again. They'll just send you back to do it again. So if at all possible, get the help and support you can here, whichever it takes, and get through it this time rather than having to come back and do it again. Well, that's just makes me. it makes sense though. That, that makes sense. Like, I mean, they always say if you it I mean it was always believed in the Catholic Church that if you commit suicide, you would go to hell. But well, that's a load what, of rubbish. <laughs> of course, of course it is, like most things in religion. It's yeah. just said it's just said to get people to show up to church and give you money. But mm -hmm. what if instead though, if you commit suicide and the hell you're forced into is a cycle. Mm. Like you said earlier, the Groundhog Day effect. Yeah, it could be. And you haven't got the opportunity to change it while you're not in the physical body. Because it was something you need to experience while you're here and to overcome. But there again, there are people who commit suicide who are meant to, and it's their path. Because you can't die for the life of you if it's not your time to go is another argument. And then I get I argue with myself then. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I get that because I mean, if we're meant, when we're meant to die, we're gonna. We're, I mean, I did have one guest in this show who he had necrotitis after visiting a Asian country, or a, yeah. I'm sorry, a European country like Finland, Finland, or somewhere up in the north of Europe, and he yeah. got necro necrotitis, and he ended up getting very sick and being in a coma for like. Well, he died actually, and was brought back and was in a coma for weeks. But yeah. while he was in the coma, he said he was in a dark room and there was a like a door frame almost, but there was no door. It was just a bright light. And there was a there was a human looking figure on the other side that you can only see like a shadow outline of. And the mm -hmm. voice asked him, are you ready to come home, son? Or do you want to stay here? Yeah. And he said, I want to stay here. I still have more to do. And him and I guess the voice would come back like, I mean, he really couldn't tell time in there, but. The voice yeah. would come back every so often to say to him, like, are you sure? And eventually they asked him the last time, like, this is the last time we're going to ask, are you sure you want to stay here? And then as soon as he said, yes, I do, like, with affirmation, he came out of the coma. Yeah. And, like, I think it was, like, three weeks had passed. Yeah. So. And you have that where people have traumatic experiences where it changes their perspective on life. You know, I just think, well, life's transient. Yeah, we're here for a short time, not for a good time, isn't it? That's the saying. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I just I, find, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I said I've just find I'm I've realized over the years I'm lucky because I was born to an open-minded family with people who could already communicate with spirit. I was a multicultural family with a multicultural background. And as I've developed, I find a lot of others are brought up in such strict religious perspectives that it's really hard for them to break out and actually see things differently. 
and also when I started was that many years ago a lot of the younger ones coming up they're born with more knowledge than I'll ever have but they need people like me who've got the experience to help them learn about their energy learn about their truth and then they choose how to use it and how they put it into perspective and works for them in their life but the one i'd say to anybody is developing there's two rules you don't do harm to anyone and everything you give out is coming back tenfold karma yep that's absolute karma and you've seen now instant karma is but the other one i've discovered this is one i've discovered recently i say the last five years or so is that when you hold on to anger and the pain and hurt somebody else has caused you i actually believe now that stops karma happening when you let it go out into the universe and let that energy go then karma can find its way back where it needs to go but while you're holding on to the anger and pain wanting it to happen nothing's going to happen because you're holding it so let the energy go and your anger and hurt ain't hurting anybody else it's hurting you so why should the personal situation that hurt you continue to hurt you let it go it's not worth it be happy that's always been my look at look at life my look at life basically is don't let other people bring you down don't let things bring you down just stay happy stay positive well to some degree and eventually things will work out the way you want them to but i think i'm gonna wrap this up by asking you one question i've been wanting to ask the whole time but i wanted to save it to the end just for suspense go on then what was the scariest experience you ever had with a spirit scariest oh let's pick one the scariest this is a weird one the scariest i had with spirit was actually myself i was going through a bit of a bad time i was quite depressed quite ill and i had this dream and it was so real and i got out of my bed because someone's knocking on my bedroom door opened the door and i came face to face with myself that was the freakiest scariest thing that ever happened to come face to face with myself that just at the time that was like what the heck is this so did it actually did that spirit did yourself actually tell you anything or try to communicate or was it just... i have i just freaked out and next thing i know I was awake in bed <laughs> it so, was Hmm. Possibly in dream state, you know, when yeah. you actually travel, and I came, I, I that my head still can't wrap itself around that one. I mean, maybe it's just yourself trying to tell you that something needs to change or you need to do yeah, something. It probably was, but it was that was to me that was the scariest. Having spirits turn up and pull your sheets off and throw things is like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, but I've had a. I've that, had a, I've had a I've had other people say the same thing about that type of stuff, but like once you know they're there, it's not scary anymore. But yeah, once you know them, I mean, when you have evil entities and things come up in your face, they feed off your fear. So, why should I be scared of you? You're just an energy. You're not a nice energy, but you're an energy. Yep. You know, and your fear is the only, th it's same with bullies. The only power they have is your fear. Exactly. Yeah. But coming face to face with myself at that point was absolutely terrifying. 
but I was a lot younger and I think I know there were lots of issues I needed to deal with back then but that was the scariest thing ever interesting that's hmm I another thing I'd like to experience but I don't know well maybe I don't know if I would actually myself as a spirit would be pretty intimidating I would think but I couldn't mm. tell you though but all right well why don't you tell the listeners once again about your book where they can find it and where they could i just see if i've got a copy floating around my room somewhere no <laughs> right my book is called it's not all love and light by nina roberts you can get it on amazon but that's not from me if you want to buy the book from me you can find me on facebook nina roberts medium or roberts nina at aol.com that's roberts or lowercase roberts nina at aol.com and i'm trying to remember if there's a dot in there somewhere um because i can't remember for the life of memory because i'm selling myself well but, you can you can also send to me and i'll put it in the description yeah i'll send it to jeremy and put it in um i also do private one-to-one -one readings on zoom so i can do from overseas on money transfers i don't charge much uh a full reading with me, and my readings are different, I suppose. Spirit come in, I do mediumship, whatever I do. Um, I do past, present, and possible future, because you do have some free will. I do a soul path reading, which shows where you are, what's blocking you, and where you should be going. Um, that's quite an interesting one, but that's when I do a full reading, which is £35 an hour, much it is in dollars. And then do a mini tarot reading where you can ask questions and have a general reading for £20. So I don't know in dollars as well. My book in English money is £6. But when you buy it from me, um, I put a personal message from Spirit in the book. But I have to say, I've only got about 10 or 15 copies left. I went here for my printer to get some more printed up. But it's called It's Not All Love and Light by Nina Roberts. And you will also find me on Facebook, Nina Roberts Medium. So there you go. And if you're in England, I am running, or if anybody from the States or around the world wants to come, I'm running a spiritual retreat in Wales in September. If anyone's interested, it's all about energy and learning about your energy, that one. It should be fun. So hmm. that's me, Nina Roberts. If I could afford it, I would probably be coming to that. <laughs> but I definitely cannot afford a I think the flight would probably cost you more than the event. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. The Trans any if any flight right now is ridiculous with gas prices, but yeah, never mind. Yeah, so, yeah. so as all my listeners know, you can find everything I do on the Paranormal the New Normal Facebook group. All podcasts I do are on there. I always post anything special about my guest on there that I receive or that I can post on. And you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram as at Juggalo Bastard, based on another podcast I'm on, but and you can also, of course, find me on Facebook as Jeremy Bryant. And you can find me on TikTok as Paranormal The New Normal. And I will soon be doing Cryptic Crate unboxing videos. And possibly by the time this episode releases, we will have Cryptic Crate ads in the episodes. And there will be a code for people to get money off the first box. Well, not the, they, they get a free trial box. And then they get, they if they sign up for a certain subscription, they can get a free first box. So. Or 50% off or something like that. I got to look at the details again. But my listeners will know if they're into the paranormal. Cryptic Crate is an amazing thing. And I'll be telling you more about that in future episodes as well. 
Thank you, Nina, for coming on. I truly, truly appreciate it. It's been an amazing, eye-opening, awakening episode. You go. Actually, the episode is going to be called "Spiritual Awakening." I'm, I'm, I'm using the workshop's it. called a "Spiritual Awakening." <laughs> I, that, that that's kind of where I got the idea, but I mean, it, it kind of was that for me as well. So yeah, I'm go, I'm going to go with that. So thank you, Nina, and thank you, well, listeners, for listening to another episode of Paranormal New Normal. Have a good week, and I or have a good half week because I, you guys get bonus episodes every week almost. So I will see you guys next time.